The Complex is sponsored by James Ochoa's book, Focus Forward, Navigating the Storms of Adult ADHD, and his training, Professional Trailblazing, a new roadmap for treating adults with ADHD. Y'all are desperately in need of help, which is why that nice James Ochoa has several resources just for you. You can find these as well as James's virtual brainstorm and Q&A meetups for adults with ADHD, ADHD Town Hall, on his website, jamesochoa.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode six's Afterthoughts of the Complex. Today will be our last episode of season two, Crying Face. But I think we have a very good episode for all of you here. Um, I hope you enjoyed episode six. It was a very nice little roundup of all the seasons so far um, and potentially leave some room for some growth here. James, what do you think? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows where this goes? <laughs> Netflix season three, Sun oh, Thunder yeah. comes we'll forward. See. We'll see. Gives me plenty of money to do the next one. <laughs> Who knows? That would be very exciting for sure. Well, today I would like to talk about two seemingly disparate um, topics that were both covered here in this last episode and that have been pretty extensively covered over the last uh, few afterthoughts. But. We're going to take a new spin on it, just like we always do in these afterthoughts. So the first one that I want to talk about is personalized strategies, right? Nothing new. We've talked about it. Always evolving, right? There's all these kinds of new things. However, there was a personalized strategy here in this last episode that I don't think people may have realized. And that was having a very good neighbor who is very tech savvy and can build you a personalized app. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Not your common personalized strategy. Right. So obviously here, I'm talking about the clip with Bernard and Ramon. Ramon has introduced uh, fuzz to aging and getting old. Um, So before we dive into talking about this, I want to first play the clip for everybody. Get a fresh reminder of what happened there. Hey, Bernard, got a minute? I want you to check something out. On your phone? No thank you for that ticket nonsense. Oh, come on. I made it just for you. At least look at it. Usually the bounce lighting in these things is kind of underwhelming, but I think I've actually created truly virtualized geometry. And as for the bounce rate... What are you talking about, son? I'm talking about... I'm just saying it looks cool. Okay, so are you ready, old man? Fine. You're going to have to read the words to me, though. I can't find my glasses again. Introducing Fuzz Gets Old. Ta-da! Dang it. I can't find my glasses. They're on your head, Fuzz. Ha! Oh, I feel like an idiot. Yep, happens to me all the time. All right, so here we see a fun little 
aging robotic <laughs> <Yes>. fuzz <laughs> talking yes. talking with Bernard right and and reminding him to do all of these things um so that begs two questions for one can an individual someone that you continually maintain in your life a friend a family member uh, even a pet or a, an animal of some kind how can that individual become a personalized strategy or some sort of routine for yourself to get up and going in the day or remember your keys or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's several thoughts within that idea of personalized strategies that, you know, the idea of strategies in general, uh, for the ADHD spectrum, right. That they need the routine consistency and structure. And when the consistency falls off, which we know it will, be consistently inconsistent, you have to learn to reset it. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about resetting even maybe here and kind of how to do that. But when you're talking about personalized strategies, it's it's the unique nature of how you're designing something that uniquely fits for you. And uh, suffice to say that I'm not even sure that, you know, my personalized strategies would fit exactly for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so that's how unique I think it is on the ADHD spectrum. And, in this case, if you're talking about using uh, relationships or other people uh, to support and help you as a personalized strategy, it certainly can be very meaningful. Um, one of the things or many of the things you would want to watch in that space of personalized strategies with relationships uh, is that the burdensome nature of feeling like the strategy is dependent mm-hmm. on somebody else. Yeah. Okay. That that burdensome piece certainly comes up in relationships with couples uh, who are married or even from a work point of view where someone feels like they're being put upon. So that's one of the areas to keep your eyes on. But I like the idea of the personalized strategy from a a friendship. uh, And it's going to lean into the area of what I would call pods of support. Mm. And I talk about pods of support, meaning that uh, it's good for someone with ADHD to have two, three, four we say generally no more than five and kind of a pot of support of people you can call for support, think things out with. But in this case, someone you could actually work a personal strategy with. So um, some of that would also be known in the world of organization where you've got someone who's organizing with you as a, mm. a an organizing buddy or someone who kind of grounds your uh focus and concentration by just being in the room they're doing something and you're doing something else but it keeps you focused on what you're doing yeah so that's pretty this very could common that could even ADHD be like world. another friend with adhd right where you're just kind sure. of both Absolutely. riffing off of ideas oh, yeah yeah yes yeah and there are actually apps now and things like that where you can go into uh you know uh, technology or rooms or zoom kind of rooms mm. where you're both there to complete a project you may not even know the other person oh that's um, interesting what do you, you know, know so, do you know those apps offhand i don't god I, you knew you were gonna ask me <laughs> i cannot pull it from memory but i've heard it here but we will definitely get it in the show notes yeah I will get yeah it. and but yes there are apps where you can go into and like uh I've, you've heard me talk about nikki kinzer with taking control of adhd mm-hmm. uh who's a great adhd coach and she has um you know, study hours or getting things done hours. And so uh, you can 
she opens up those rooms for people to get tasks done and things done. And she's cool. a, it's a very effective tool because you've got someone who's centric to understanding ADHD kind of in the environment with you. Uh, and so you could check those out with her. But there are, I know there's an app where you can go into a room with someone, and I will get the information on that and put it in the show notes. But, yeah, personalizing strategies with others and relationships are super important because, yeah. you know, someone could put – you know, their keys next to the dog bowl because they're always going to feed the dog every morning. So when they go to feed the dog, that's where their keys are. They know where they are. Yeah. You know, we personalize strategies like that all over the place uh, many, many times. Yeah. So, yes, personalizing strategy is critical part. And in relationship with others, I love it. It's a lot of fun. Leans into the pods of support idea, too. Uh, but it's really good. Yeah, you can even, you know, create routines around when you take the dog for a walk or when you feed the dog, you know, those kinds of yeah. external routines uh, where, you know, the dog is going to tell you if it, if it's hungry <laughs> and it's going to tell you <laughs> sure. if it needs a walk. And so it's going to be this, this pretty consistent external yes. stimuli that, that prompts you to do something yeah. and you can attach things onto that. Um, you yes. know, and so I think that's very much what's kind of happening with Bernard and Ramon here is they're, they're feeding off of each other in their kind of day-to-day mm-hmm. routines, but it's even more right. beneficial with Bernard's aging because he is, because uh, Ramon is someone that's very hyperactive and, and wants to be doing a lot right. all the time. Um, and Bernard exactly. is someone that needs a little bit of help with that. Yeah. And it's become, it's an interesting, unique part of self-serving for, uh, for genius boy because for Ramon, because he, he feels a purpose, yeah. right? He feels a connection and a real meaningfulness to Bernard where he knows he's been disruptive in relationships with others at times. He can be too intense and those kind of things. And so in some ways it could feel really, really good for him that he's giving back to others. And he's kind of, yeah, because it's one of the things on, on the adult ADD spectrum, right? We may be unaware of how we affect others at times, but once we learn it, or once we really get it in a safe environment, which is a lot of what happened with, with Ramon in his episode, right? Uh, we can make changes, and the empathy and compassion can really show up. And in this case, uh, it's very self-serving, mm-hmm. um, I mean, very selfless in serving Bernard uh, and helping him right. you know, with the app and, and doing it for him and realizing that, he has no interest in making money off of it and yeah. it becoming this new fuzz the slug thing, uh, although it certainly could. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, but with all that, that's such a good community, connective way uh, that's certainly very personalized yeah. to do it. Uh, and it's a wonderful example. Well, it can be super beneficial on one hand, right? You have this mutually mm-hmm. beneficial relationship that's very, um, uh, you know, good in a lot of different ways for both people however we also kind of have the opposite end of that in this same episode and that is specifically with Jules and Jessica so I Mm. want to go Mm. and uh, play a little clip from the episode to remind us what happened with Jules and Jessica and hear um, Jules's explanation of that so that we can hear so that we can uh, talk about it a little more Oh, um, did I not tell you? Tell me what? Well, everyone else moved out. What? Even Jessica? Yeah, she, uh, 
got this urge to go do something bigger, so she went. Oh, and also, she broke up with me. It's amicable, or I guess it will be the next time I see her. Wow, that must be really difficult for you. I know it must be hard to handle all those changes. So where did Jessica go? Last I heard, she was in Honduras. But that's just temporary. She seems really happy, and you know what? It's kind of a relief. I'm sure it is, in a lot of ways. Tell me more about that. Well, the biggest piece is now I don't have to entertain her all the time. In all honesty, I kind of like my routines. Plus, I found a board gaming group that meets every week. It's so nice because everyone shows up on time and comes prepared knowing the rules of any new game we introduce. There's this one woman, and we've kind of been hitting it off, maybe because... Uh, oh, can I, can I say this? She doesn't have ADHD. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, no one in that group has ADHD. You know, it's okay to have friends who don't have ADHD. So here, we very much see the opposite end of this relationship spectrum, right? And I'm going to say this because it needs to be said, and it's going to be really hard for a lot of people to hear, potentially, um, but you don't have to struggle through relationships. And I'm going to caveat that. If the relationship is ultimately more detrimental and more energy-sucking than it is positive or beneficial or makes you happy or makes you enjoy life, that needs to be something you consider. <laughs> you know, is, well, is, sure it is, because... Uh, yeah, relationships end. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it's okay uh, for relationships to end. It's okay to move on and say, you know, I don't have to struggle through this kind of thing. Um, right. And that's what we see with Jules and Jessica here. Ultimately, they uh, they worked well together in certain times and, and in a lot of right. ways. But ultimately, they wanted different right. things in life. And ultimately, it was way too hard for both of them to stay together um you know and so i know that that will cross a lot of people's mind especially in in relationships with someone with adhd in there um right but ultimately you kind of have to zoom out to the bigger picture and look at it more holistically um because you know right. there's going to be those day-to-day -day struggles that are like god i well, can't sure deal with are. this anymore <laughs> Right, right. And that's going to be cycling, which is normal in relationships yeah. of frustration or mood or career or changes in aging or kids or all those things are big stressors on a relationship. But you've got to remember, you know, some major keys just in the overall health of a healthy long term relationship has ongoing communication involved yes. in it. Uh, I, you know, you've heard me talk about the couple's business meeting that needs to be ongoing mm -hmm. to deal with the uh, routine and consistency of agenda of things that need to be addressed that, from an executive function point of view, may be underactive in those with ADHD. And so it, having a couple's business meeting, you know, on a weekly basis, this is, is not a vent session. It's really not. It's more of a strategic solving. And uh, there are other communication patterns and ways to get to things where you need to vent about things or emotionally that mm -hmm. have been difficult. But, um, and that just reminds me, I because Melissa Orlov, uh, has done just the most incredible work on adults with ADD and couples work. And she has mm. some great couples therapies out there for educational models that really does teach 
both people in the relationship. And it's not just the ADD person that quote unquote has to make changes yeah. or understanding. Uh, and we'll put Melissa's uh, contact in the um, uh, in the show notes as well. But, you know, so when you look at the relationship piece, all right, no, relationships don't always work out. It can be an amicable release from the relationship, like you said, Jules, when it's just too hard mm -hmm. or things are too difficult. But I think you get to that point by maintaining the communication and the understanding. Yeah. And yeah, you can go and look at the research that, yes, adults with ADD absolutely go through more divorces and marriages than the common uh, average. I mean, I have heard, you know, 2.7 marriages per year for someone who has ADHD. Uh, as and that was a, a research. Wait, a while two point seven marriages per year? No, not per oh. year. Thank you. That's, <laughs> I no, was like, two point seven marriages. What? Whoa, <laughs> man, they're flying through marriages. They're going in and out the door. <laughs> There's an ADD moment for me right on the end of the podcast. Um, no, two point seven marriages in their lifetime. I was like, man, I'm doing good if it's two point seven <laughs> marriages per year. <laughs> I'm doing great because we're in 33 years. I've like hit the uh. mother uh, But no, it, but the reality is, look, ADHD can stress marriages and relationships without a doubt. Right. You can manage it with communication and routine patterns like couples, business meetings, uh, time away from each other. I, and so the term I like to use is customizing relationships, customizing marriages. Mm -hmm. I've seen couples live in separate houses in the same neighborhood uh, who were married because that's what's worked best for them. Interesting. Oh, they had a duplex together. Wow. Okay, where they were able to get away and have time. They really care for each other. Yeah. But there are some assets, there's some issues within the ADHD spectrum or not, just in preference, just, you know, step outside the box on yeah. the strategic measures on what a relationship could look like. Well, and that's, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what I encourage people that's to think about. That's incredible too. Cause I don't, I don't think a lot of people think about that, right? Like you don't, right. You're not neurotypical, right? So why right. try and fit in a neurotypical relationship? Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. like, it's not going to be. And so open yourself up to what works for you as a couple. Yeah. Stop relying on, you know, what other people look at or think at. And uh, a really, really good friend of mine, Dave, uh, who I've known for years, and he's uh, on the ADHD spectrum also, but he's all, he, something he shared with me years ago about relationships was, you know, there's uh, in a relationship, I think there's an individual need for how much interdependence or time together I want with someone else yeah. and how much independence I need. Yeah. And that's a really important a uh, factor to talk about in marriages and relationships to kind of where are your individual uh, 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 sets, you know, where's mm -hmm. your individual kind of character that you naturally come to the table with? You know, I need a little more independent time uh, in, in my perspective, in my marriage to be able to get away on some days and just have my day to go play and wonder um, and you know, I talk about that in the term I've probably said before called over planning self care, right? That people with ADHD have to carve it and put it in. But so with relationships, it's the idea of talking about independence in the relationship, interdependence, who's responsible for what. But again, we're talking about communication, staying up front, yep. staying connected. And I actually think it's Melissa Orlov who has a, um, an active listening strategy that's different than typically 
what you might hear in couples work of just parroting back and forth what you're hearing, but really listening for empathy and listening for connection and listening for uh, understanding. Um, yeah. So, yeah, marriages don't, relationships don't have to stay together. Many times it's best for them not to, like you said, mm-hmm. if it's more detrimental than not. Um, but it's it's a it's an ongoing long term topic because it's 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 a root of relation relationship disruption even with myself yeah and having ADHD or in relationship with someone oh disruptions are still there learn <laughs> to manage them you can for sure yeah you really can and and they're they're I'm gonna say this too they're gonna be there with any relationship right not just people with adhd right so it's if you're feeling like you're stuck and there's and there's greener pastures elsewhere that's also something to consider is like these disruptions aren't going to just disappear if you're with someone else Um, well they're not but but that brings up a point so we're talking about couple stuff and i think it's important as ideas or things come to mind that are uh, really challenging patterns on the adult AED spectrum. And one of those is the shiny object chasing mm-hmm. piece. Okay. So there are a lot of disruptive natures of affairs or relationship uh, issues uh, in those with ADHD because of the impulsivity, hyperactivity factor or getting bored factor. And so in relationships, it's important to learn things new. It's important to discuss uh, the needs of each other across the board you know, on what's needed in a relationship. But because um, you want to keep things interesting, you want to keep things engaged, you want to keep things in a way that you both feel safe and connected to the relationship. So, you know, if one, if, if the ADHD adult has a shiny object chasing kind of space and the relationship gets boring, it's more about resetting within the relationship. Can we do something new? Can yeah. Can we go explore something different? Uh, Can we go again, get a helicopter pilot to take us to L- yeah, <laughs> like Ramon that? said? Now, see, that was that was fascinating because you're the non-ADD person doing that with Jessica, right? So I was just like, that was brilliant. Well, and, so, and it's because I realized, you know, she was trying to chase these shiny objects. And she right. and, and I wanted to, you know, try and keep things going and 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 rejuvenate it, you know. And so I went to the the <laughs> resident shiny object chaser and and asked what to do (laughs) yes and i don't think you were going to go get your pilot's license definitely not commandeer a helicopter but you'll take the linear path of i just go rent one legally (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for talking with us today james we talked about a lot of different things today and a, a mm-hmm. and some good twists on um, what we've talked about in the past, both ber- personalized strategies and relationships, uh, both significant others and friends and family. So with yes, that, please. are there any other points that you would like to make? I just really, um, I want to thank everyone uh, who has listened to this, and I really hope that there has been some meaningful uh, dialogue and things you've learned on the ADHD spectrum with this. And sure, I would love to have a season three. Who knows if that'll be in my wonderful ADD world, but uh, I'm really just excited that we've got two seasons out and really talking about what ADHD is and the challenges with it. But this, it re- just remember, your ADHD is an organic, evolving, growing space. Continue to meet your needs as you develop and go through life and really keep allowing yourself to explore and wonder and being able to 
manage your mindfulness practice and those kind of things are really are critical and you can live an incredibly happy fulfilled potential reaching life but i'm i'm equally sad and excited mm-hmm. you know in many ways that we're finishing up season two and it's really getting out there and being listened to and you know jules i can't thank you enough for your production efforts of course uh it, it would not have happened otherwise and thank everyone for listening i just can't thank you from the bottom of my hearts and really keep your eyes out for things coming up that's all i've got folks and thanks for listening to uh such an incredible fun time in this podcast awesome yes Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, James, for all of your amazing expertise. And hopefully, we will see you all in the future. The Complex is produced and directed by Jules Ochoa and co-written by Jules Ochoa and Robin Schatznall. Amanda was played by Marina Deo Pedraza. Ramon Berkowitz, a.k.a. Genius Boy, was played by Noel Gallen. Jessica was played by Robin Grace Soto. Amanda's mother was played by Robin Grace Soto. Bernard was played by Tom Doyle. Crispy was played by John Brinkley. Jade was played by Gus Dexheimer. Jules Ochoa played Jules. And James Ochoa, he played himself. (laughs) 